This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 22nd of June 2021. So Norman, this is something that we've talked about in the last few days, but it seems that people are just struggling to get their heads around it. This idea that the rules seem to keep changing, especially around the AstraZeneca vaccine, which people have concerns about because of this low but real risk of blood clotting disorder. And people who were are in their 50s, uh, they're now eligible technically for Pfizer, but if they've had their first shot of AstraZeneca... Why can't they just get Pfizer now? Why do they bother to keep getting their AstraZeneca shot? People over 60 perhaps feel like the sand's shifting beneath their feet. Can we just reset today on the pros and pros and very small cons of just getting the shot that you can get today, today? Uh, And in doing that, I actually just want to burst a bubble around Pfizer to some extent because I think Pfizer is held up there as this golden orb, this perfect vaccine, and everything's great with that. And if only we had Pfizer, the world would be right. Now, there's no question that we we would pivot to Pfizer if we had the supplies, but the reality is we don't. And the question is, what are you trying to achieve? And I know I'm going back over stuff that we've said already on Coronacast, but resetting is just worth saying. The outbreak at Chengi Airport a few weeks ago, which was one of the clusters that caused the lockdown in Singapore, 11 of the people infected thereabouts at the airport had had Pfizer vaccine. So they they caught the Delta variant. A German outbreak, which I think we talked about yesterday, in aged care, frail aged care, a large number of people in the aged care home, fully vaccinated with Pfizer, caught, caught the virus. It wasn't Delta, I think it was the Alpha variant in that case. But in both circumstances, nobody went to hospital. Everybody had mild disease. And particularly in the aged care home, we'd expect some people to maybe to have died or got severe disease. That didn't happen. Now, what's happened there is with these new variants, you do get infected, maybe at a rate of 20% or more. But you've converted it from a serious disease into a mild disease. And that's what we need to expect. And Astra and Pfizer, there's not much daylight between these two vaccines in terms of the prevention of severe disease. There is daylight in terms of prevention of all infection, but in terms of severe disease, which is what we're trying to aim for, they're just about the same. There's a little bit less with Astra, but not much. So they both save your life if you catch the disease. Yes, and and do it pretty effectively. There are a whole series of other questions about population coverage, about herd immunity, whether we'll get there with Astra or not, and so on. But the first thing is actually to protect ourselves from severe disease so that we get it, we're not so fearful. Because as we work through the the next few months, almost certainly people who have had Astra will get a booster to bring them up to that level and get some extra herd immunity. The second thing is that the risk of severe disease and of the clotting problem drops away quite significantly after the age of 60. In fact, ATAGI, our advisory group, were given that data. Um, I wasn't aware of it at the time in making their deliberations, but they chose 50. And we thought, we talked about it in Chronicast, we thought 50 was pretty reasonable. And so it's unfortunate that they've had to change the rules here. And we've got the same conversation. What You know, if I'm 62, what's the difference between 59 and 62 statistically? Not much, it's true. But between 50 and 60 quite a lot, between 55 and 62, quite a lot. So the, the risk does drop away. The fact of the matter is, if you've had a first dose of Astra, you need to get the second dose of Astra to get yourself covered. 
the risk of the clotting problem is really low. And then later on in the year, if you're, what you're worried about is, and what the community is worried about, which they should be, is infection overall, getting to herd immunity, almost certainly you are going to have to have a booster with Novavax, Pfizer, Moderna, or one of the others, as well as covering against variants. But just now, let's get covered so that we're not so vulnerable because, boy, are we vulnerable to that, that Delta variant. And we're just lucky at the moment that it hasn't slipped away from us, but it could. What about people getting the second dose of Astra if they've already started? We've heard reports of from GPs clinics saying that people are cancelling appointments and Natasha's written in saying she's 52, she's got her first dose of Astra but now the rules have changed and she just wants to know if she can start the process again and get her first dose of Pfizer. It's unlikely the rules will change soon because we don't have the supply of Pfizer. So the higher priority almost certainly will be given to 50 to 59-year-olds to get their first Pfizer dose and then their second Pfizer dose. So you're going to be in a queue and how long do you want to wait? That's going to be the issue. And at the moment, doctors aren't, don't, aren't allowed to give the Pfizer, well, they're allowed to do what they like, but if they give the f- second Pfizer dose and something goes wrong, there's no approval for that use. It's off-label. So if something goes wrong with a second Pfizer dose, somebody has, has had Astra, the doctor is liable. So doctors really, or nurses, really do need to wait until the TGA has approved the mixing of doses. It's likely to be effective. It's likely to be a good thing to do. But at the moment, they just can't do it because it's not been approved by the authorities for use. And um, doctors are free to do what they want in terms of clinical care, but they're exposed legally if they give it and something goes wrong. It is tricky, isn't it? On one hand, there's People are rightly feeling that the the rules rules the the advice is changing and that it's a bit hard to keep up with it. And on the other hand, there's frustration with other people that the rules or the advice isn't changing quickly enough and isn't being adaptive enough. I wonder whether it's good for us to all take a step back and go. Of course, we want the best thing for ourselves, but at a population level, we have to appreciate that this is a joint effort and that everyone needs to kind of play their part in this great big machine of Australia. That's right. And last night on 7.30, I had a story talking about the first dose strategy, which we've mentioned on Coronacast before, is whether we should do what the Canadians have done, whether we've got the supply to actually do it, but not worry too much about the second doses right at the moment. Get first doses into large numbers of people because to state the bleeding obvious You can't get second doses into people unless they've had a first dose. So that has worked in the UK and it looks as though it's going to work in Canada. So why don't we just stop agonising over second doses and just get first doses into people, which means that you've had your first dose of Astra, there's 12 weeks to wait until you get your second dose. Who knows what happens during that time? It's unlikely there will be supply for Pfizer, but there might be. Get the first doses of Pfizer into people that can have it, get every dose out there into the community, and then start a wave of second doses progressively. But probably not at three weeks, maybe at six, eight, or 12 weeks. And it looks like from the British data, you get a pretty good immune response with a second dose of Pfizer that's separated by those weeks. And a question from Derek, who very rightly points out that there's been a lot of discussion on vaccines, especially on this podcast recently. But Derek's asking, is there any news on research for a cure or treatments for those with COVID-19, the disease? In terms of treatments, um, it still applies that getting steroids when you're getting unwell with COVID does reduce the mortality rate, the death rate, by about 20%. 
hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. There's promising evidence emerging for some monoclonal antibodies. So those are antibodies directed at the virus, very specific ones, but that they may need to, you know, they may need to change with if the variants change because the target changes, although they think they may have some which are broader than just, um, that hit broader than variants. In other words, these monoclonal antibodies may have the same problem as vaccines, that the virus may work around it. And then there's still ivermectin sitting in the background, this antiparasitic drug, which um, has been used for river blindness in Africa. Theoretically, in the lab, it could help uh, SARS-CoV-2. And there's really mixed evidence with ivermectin. There's a recent systematic review, which is where they bring together the randomized controlled trials, which shows significant benefits. And yet about a month ago, there was another uh, systematic review which showed the opposite. Well, not the opposite, but it showed that it had no effect. So I think the jury is still a bit out on ivermectin, unfortunately. It'd be great if it did work because it's a safe drug and it's a cheap drug. People do talk about it like it's a wonder drug. Is there any evidence that it's it's a real miracle or is it just maybe it's good or maybe it's not as good? Well, by definition, a wonder drug has what's called in statistical terms a large effect size. So it has a large effect on the, on the story, which means that you don't need to study a huge number of people to get an effect. And it's clearly not a wonder drug because the trials are showing mixed results. I didn't know wonder drug actually had a definition. That's really cool. Well, it's in my head anyway. <laughs> large effect size. If you want to be, if you want to sound great at your next dinner party, if you're allowed to have dinner parties where you live. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then a question that we've gotten from a couple of different people, and there's been anecdotal reports overseas that after Pfizer, some women have had menstrual changes. Um, is there any evidence behind that so far? There's anecdotal evidence, but it's pretty strong. Um, so a lot of people are observing this issue, including some doctors and, and some gynecologists who themselves had menstrual problems after the vaccine. It doesn't make it any more legitimate when a doctor reports it rather than a member of the public. But there's so many of these reports coming in, there's probably something to it. Could be related to a reduction in platelet count, which you can get with both Moderna and Pfizer. In fact, almost any vaccine. That could be what's going on there. Or there's some effect on the uterus of the vaccine. Who knows? But it's probably a real phenomenon. It looks as though it's a temporary, a temporary effect, but it's you know, hard to explain how it's happening. And of course, if you have any un unexplained symptoms after a vaccine, you can report your problem in Australia to the TGA by going to tga.gov.au slash reporting hyphen problems. Yep. It doesn't have to be a doctor. It can be any member of the public can put in a, a report. And I suspect that members of the public are probably better at this than the doctors are because they're terrible. And one last thing, Norman, you just wanted to make a clarification on something you said yesterday about the Melbourne or the Victorian outbreak. Yeah, I probably misquoted the, uh, we were talking about the outdoor spread in Melbourne. I think I said it was in Epping, but it was actually supposedly in Brighton and it turned out to be a false positive. So I hope that clarifies that one. So it was, it was still a furphy in a, in a sense, but I got the suburb wrong. Well, if you would like to chastise Norman further on that or ask us any other questions, you can go to abc.net.au slash coronacast and type it in there. You can't chastise me any more than Will and Tegan do, but you know, go for it. <laughs> on a daily basis. We'll see you next time. See you then.